collection of reliable data is essential to research. Whether building a database for studying a specific condition, physical cell data collection program will look at the health profile, track changes in physical cell disease outcomes over time, and very importantly, share these data to improve the quality of care, life, and life expectancy of individuals with physical cell disease. Or in building a database for conducting research related to multiple diseases to allow for researchers to be able to make better decisions for our health and also for our treatment and care. Unlike research studies that focus on one disease or a group of people, all of us is building a diverse database that informs thousands of studies on a variety of health conditions. Discover data collection: the roots of research. Inside this edition. Of CTSI Discovery Radio. Welcome to CTSI Discovery Radio. I'm your host Brian Belmer. CTSI Discovery Radio is brought to you by the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin. The CTSI is a consortium. Of researchers, doctors, scientists, and others representing eight institutions, including the Medical College of Wisconsin, Milwaukee School of Engineering, Marquette University, the University of Wisconsin Milwaukee, Children's Wisconsin, Freighter Hospital, Versity Blood Center of Wisconsin, and the Zablocki VA Medical Center. The CTSI works collaboratively across all of our member institutions. Our mission is advancing health through research and discovery. In research, reliable data is essential toward the end result of confirming or rejecting a scientific hypothesis. Today. We look at the key role data collection is playing in the creation of two important research databases. The first one for researchers of a specific condition, sickle cell disease. Dr. Ashima Singh is an assistant professor, research scientist, and principal investigator of the sickle cell data collection program at the Medical College of Wisconsin. We've previously focused on sickle cell disease, and we encourage you to check out episode number 66 of our show. But for the purpose of review, Dr. Singh briefly explains what sickle cell disease is. Sickle cell disease is the most commonly inherited blood disorder. It results in an abnormality in the hemoglobin protein in red blood cells, which results in their sickle shape. And the sickling of red blood cells and the downstream effects can cause high degrees of pain and can impact almost any organ in the body. To increase data for sickle cell disease research, a national effort is underway called the Sickle Cell Data Collection Program. The Sickle Cell Data Collection Program, or the SCDC, is a surveillance program for sickle cell disease. It's a state-level program and is currently ongoing in 11 states, including Wisconsin. There are a few overarching goals of the Sickle Cell Data Collection Program, or SCDC. The main goal of the Sickle Cell Data Collection Program is to understand the epidemiology of sickle cell disease in each of the participating states, study the long-term trends in treatment, health outcomes, and healthcare access for individuals with sickle cell disease. 
So we want to determine how many people live with sickle cell disease in the United States, establish their health profile, track changes in sickle cell disease outcomes over time, and very importantly, share these data to improve the quality of care, life, and life expectancy of individuals with sickle cell disease. Hoping that in doing so, the SCDC program will ensure that there is credible information to inform policy and improve healthcare practices. To date, health scientists in 11 states are collecting data for the SCDC. Georgia and California have had this program established for more than 10 years. The other states that have joined the program later include Alabama, Colorado, Indiana, Minnesota, Michigan, North Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee, and Wisconsin. How were these specific 11 states selected to be part of the initial program? All participating states applied for competitive funding to an open request for application by the CDC. And then they were selected by objective reviewers on a merit basis. Do these 11 states represent a significant percentage of individuals living with sickle cell disease in the U.S.? together represent about 30% of individuals, but the important point is that within each state, this program captures almost 100% of the state's population. Which means nearly every person living with sickle cell disease in these states are represented in the SCDC. Next, Dr. Singh tells us what specific data sources health scientists are mining to compile this database. from state to state. In Wisconsin, we are combining data from a number of sources, including data from the newborn screening, electronic health records, health insurance administrative claims, the Wisconsin Hospital Association, and the wider records. This is the strength of the sickle cell data collection program. It includes numerous data sources to gain a comprehensive understanding of the landscape of sickle cell disease in the entire state. Where is data collected for the SCDC stored? For the sickle cell data collection program in Wisconsin, this data is stored only in the Medical College of Wisconsin Secure Network. Any and all data shared occur via box or encrypted files. Plus, additional safeguards to protect the privacy of sickle cell disease patients whose information is part of the database. Patient privacy is of utmost importance. We assign the identified subject IDs after linking many of the identifiable data sources and then subsequently the analysis are conducted with the identified data. And also only aggregate data is shared with the CDC or any other external partners for that matter. There are key areas the SCDC hopes to provide a better understanding of when it comes to sickle cell disease. For example, Because this is a statewide program, the SCDC program in Wisconsin aims to provide a better understanding of where individuals with sickle cell disease live. Our data shows that majority of individuals with sickle cell disease are living in southeast Wisconsin and data on the transition of patients from pediatric to adult care. This is the work that's ongoing, and we want to look at the trend of healthcare service utilization by age group, the comorbidities, and the quality of care provided for sickle cell disease across the state.
as well as the use of health care services by patients with sickle cell disease. We will look at the acute care use both to the emergency department and hospitals. The data compiled in the SCDC impacts many, including sickle cell disease patients, the families, healthcare providers, and so on. How is data collected put into action? In order to put our data into action, we have convened a multidisciplinary team that includes healthcare providers from across the state, health communicators, epidemiologists, public health professionals, leadership from the Medicaid and patient representatives. We meet at least once in six months to share findings, inform next steps and policies. So, for example, data that's there can be used to identify areas in the state where we need additional clinics to provide sickle cell disease care. Or we know that gene therapy for sickle cell disease is a point of great interest. We also know that not all people with sickle cell disease receive care from facilities that will have the ability to offer gene therapy. So the SCDC data can help us better understand where people go for the healthcare and help align that with the information about facilities that will be able to provide gene therapy. What are future steps for the sickle cell data collection program? funding for us to be able to continue and expand the current SCDC program in Wisconsin. If funded, we will be able to incorporate additional data sources and understand social determinants of health for individuals living with sickle cell disease in the state. Is this a unique program? Yes. Sickle Cell Data Collection Program is a unique surveillance program in multiple ways. This is the first time that we'll have a true understanding of the number of people with sickle cell disease living in the state. Previously, this has just been an estimate based on newborn screening and vital records. And as a cooperative between each participating state and the CDC, it uses existing data sources to create a comprehensive source of information for sickle cell disease. So really involves no active data collection, but yet it's a very, very impactful program. Providing impactful data to facilitate research. Data collection and specifically the real-world data is really important and needed to understand the natural history of disease, outcomes, treatment effectiveness, and much more. Especially much-needed sickle cell disease research. Sickle cell disease, predominantly occurring among black individuals in the U.S., historically has been neglected and underfunded. The establishment of the SCDC opens up many research opportunities to help us learn more about sickle cell disease and the systems of care. To learn more about the SCDC program, that page is a great resource. The CDC also has a quarterly newsletter called The Bloodline that has all updates about the SCDC program. And with September being National Sickle Cell Disease Awareness Month, the CDC is hosting the Sickle Cell Data Collection Summit. This is a free event and open to public and has presentations showcasing the work done by the states in this program. Plus, here in Wisconsin, we have a social media presence on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our handle is Sickleville Wisconsin. All in the hope of increasing research leading to better outcomes for patients with sickle cell disease. We recognize it's not easy to manage complications that come with sickle cell disease. 
So we want to inform practice and policies and provide data to support any change to move the needle to provide best possible and accessible care for all individuals with sickle cell disease. Next, we discover an even bigger data collection effort. Bigger both because it contains more data and includes data that can be used by researchers for almost any disease. It's called the All of Us Research Program. Chances are you've heard about it, perhaps even on our previous shows. Today, we'll gain a more comprehensive understanding of this massive data collection effort at the national level and right here in our community. Jenna Coney is Program Operations Manager with All of Us Milwaukee. The All of Us Research Program is a historic, a longitudinal effort to gather data from one million or more people that live in the United States. And this is to accelerate research and improve our health. Researchers will use this data for a wide range of health studies. Karen Dotson is the All of Us Milwaukee Program Director. We ultimately are looking to gather data to accelerate research and also to improve health. Researchers will use this database to study individual differences in lifestyle, looking at your social economics, your environment, your biology effect, health care, health and disease. So by becoming a participant, you can learn whether you have an increased risk of developing a particular health condition or even information about your genetic ancestry. From the national level to the local level to the individual level, the mission of the All of Us Research Program is to allow for researchers to be able to make better decisions for our health and also for our treatment and care. The mission is to improve healthcare through research. Unlike research studies that focus on one disease or a group of people, all of us is building a diverse database that informs thousands of studies on a variety of health conditions. This creates more opportunities to know the risk factors for certain diseases or figure out which treatment work for different types of people and better ways to stay healthy. To achieve that mission, Karen Dodson says, the specific goals of the All of Us program are many. Getting people enrolled into the program, but also retaining them into the program. Collection of data and specimens and being able to expand that to a million or more people to be involved with that. We're looking at studies as to scalable capability, looking at how we can move this program forward. Research access and impact. This is going to allow for us to establish a diverse global community of at least 10,000 researchers looking at this data. So those are some of the core goals to mobilize this program to the next level. Jenna Coney adds, One of my favorite goals is to return a value for participants. All of us views its participants as partners and has a promise to deliver a value to them for their involvement in the program. This would include returning genetic ancestry and traits, hereditary disease risk, and pharmacogenomic data for seven genes. Why is precision medicine so important? Precision medicine is personalized health care. The goal is to really look at how your provider is going to be able to respond to your health care, to your genetics. So ultimately, based on your genetics, your provider one day should be able to say, this is the medication that's going to work better for you based on your genetics instead of having trial and error. 
precision medicine holds promise for improving many aspects of health and even healthcare. We often hear that healthcare is a one-size-fits-all and their current treatments meant for the average person doesn't work for the individual. So precision medicine can help get the right treatment to the right person at the right time. This would be less side effects, less costly, and hopefully get you to a better outcome in a shorter amount of time. And the All of Us program aims to speed up advancements in precision medicine. Because we have this information from different backgrounds and long-term data, and it's all in one place. It's very accessible. Researchers don't have to spend time building their own database or trying to find patients that meet inclusion criteria. So hopefully having this large database will have enough people to make meaningful studies to help uh, speed up improvements. So how does somebody participate in all of us. There's an online component as well as an in-person component. First, the online component. There's a series of steps people take. First, you would join the All of Us program. Go to joinallofus.org. If you have a smartphone, there's an app for it. You can then join the program. We do need a tablet, a computer, or a smartphone device so that you can join our program. But if you're not tech savvy, but you still want to participate, we do offer in-person assistance. So if you don't have a device, you need Wi-Fi, we do everything we can to make sure that every person who wants to join can do so. Our staff is always willing to go above and beyond, and all it takes is a little bit of your time spending it with our staff. You'll set up a private username password, and sign some online consents. One is to participate in the program. Another one is to agree to share your de-identified electronic health records. And the third consent is to let us know if you want those DNA results. You can choose yes, no, or I'm not sure. And no matter what your answer, that will impact your program participation. There's a series of questions that you have to participate in before you then take the next step coming into one of our locations. What does that involve? There is a one-time in-person visit where we do your physical measurements and take a blood and urine sample. We have various locations throughout the community. People can go to mcw.joinallofus.org and they can find out exactly what locations we are at. And you can always just call us at 414-955-2689 and we can assist you as far as what would be the best location for you to go. Or you can watch for enrollment opportunities in the community. If you are part of an organization, a church, a community agency, and you would like for our staff to come and enroll at your facility, we are open to do that. We can set something up for us to be at one of your locations in the community. We are really excited to go out into the community and not just have people come to our clinic locations. Once enrolled, is participation in the All of Us program ongoing? It's very participant choice. It really could be what you want it to be once you enroll into the program. Some people may not want to continue and have communication, but this program is going to go on for some years, and so there might be additional questionnaires or surveys that they'll ask you to log into and answer. I would tell people that you have an option how much information you want to continue to get from us and how much information you might not want. It has an opportunity to change over time. Now there's only a one-time in-person visit, but we do want you to have long-term engagement for 10 years or more because as the program grows, we find participants drive interest. So we have a series of surveys that will take over time, and all this can be done again online at your own convenience, but we're really hoping that people will stay with us long-term so we can collect that longitudinal data. So over time, we want you to keep your information up to date so we can return results to you as the program continues to grow. How successful has the national program been in data collection? The short answer, 
very. We are way past the half mark. We're kind of moving on to almost 700,000 individuals right now that are enrolled to date. Yes, over 692,000 participants have enrolled. Making the original goal of getting 1 million people enrolled not only achievable, but hopefully beatable. Now I really feel that we can go past that to go 1 million or more people, and we are getting there. We did have a slowdown during COVID, but we are ramping up. So yes, absolutely, I believe a million is very realistic. And it's definitely a case where more is better. Because the more people that are enrolled in the program, there's going to be a lot of people that have unique issues that you can't find in certain areas, and it might be only a few. When you look at our larger database, then you're going to be able to identify similarities that researchers can look at and they can draw from to see what are similarities and how they can better treat certain issues as health is related. There's also been success in collecting participants' electronic health records. About 50% of the electronic health records have been received. We're asking people to release electronic health records because that allows researchers to see exactly what types of treatment has been happening with that individual. This is a voluntary step in the program, and of course, we hope that people will be open to sharing. And right now, over 386,000 people have shared their electronic health records. Success in collecting participants' biosamples. We're close to 500,000. In order to get your DNA results, we do need a sample for DNA. The preference of the program is blood samples. For those who have a hard time coming in, we do offer mailed saliva kits. So we have over 494,000 biosamples received. And importantly, success in enrolling a diverse cross-section of the population. It really is we have been able to get the diversity. And so right now, there's around 45% ratio involved in the program, and underrepresented individuals is about 75%. And so we are really a diverse database. We do pride ourselves on making sure we include racial and ethnic minorities, as well as sexual and gender minorities, underrepresented in biomedical research. As far as how data is collected from different sources for this massive biomedical database. For electronic health records, if you have a health record at one of the partnering institutions, we can share that on your behalf. There's nothing that the participant has to do other than consent. Now, if you happen to be a patient of somewhere else, what we do is we have a way for you to share that through your participant online portal. As mentioned, surveys are taken mostly online. Biosamples and physical measurements are mostly collected in person. Physical measurements, height, weight, and hip and waist circumference. We will also do your blood pressure. And a more recent tool for collecting data is a wearable device. So certain individuals in our program have been invited to get a Fitbit. Other people who have electronic wearable devices, such as a Fitbit, can sync that with your All of Us account, and it will pull things like your steps, your activity. So that's another way to get information that's not normally collected in a health record. But while collecting all this data is important, the key is making the data accessible to researchers which it is through the program's researcher workbench. Researcher workbench is the all of us data that is a secured cloud-based platform where you can do data analysis and even collaborate with other researchers. Registered researchers can gain data to individual level genomic data. So whether it's whole genome sequencing or genotype arrays, long read sequences, a lot more granular data is available with the right approvals. Because ultimately the goal is for researchers to use the database so they can do research. 
And so they can actually then look and see, oh, I want a white male, 30 to 40 years old, diabetic, and lives in a rural area. So they can pull information based on what they're looking for. And the increased access to data increases the advancement of precision medicine. Not only did we provide a diverse data set, but we'll have equitable access to the data and diverse researchers. So this is a great way to bring that community to researchers and get their questions answered. Bringing different people together to solve factors that influence social determinants, genomics, and overall outcomes. To date, are there specific studies or findings made possible through the All of Us Research Program? Yes, currently there are 178 publications and over 6,500 active projects that are still going on. So there are a variety of publications that are happening, and you can also search the active projects to see maybe if someone's studying your disease or is there another person that has the same type of research question you have and collaborate to represent different areas of the U.S. For clarity, the data collected isn't only accessible to researchers. The data can be available to even the public. You don't even have to be a participant to access the public tier. For instance, the public can go to researchallofus.org and they can view all the information about how many electronic health records, the top 10 conditions of people in all of us. You can look at some of the data on surveys. However, some data is only available to researchers. When you get into the more sensitive data, there are approval processes. So of course, all of our researchers have to go through a process to make sure they're not going to try to harm or bring a stigma to a certain type of population. But it can be available for researchers at all different levels with the right approvals. But no matter who views data, all participant information is de-identified and completely private. This program takes privacy and security at the utmost importance. They're not going to try to re-identify people. The names of individuals is not on there. There's a coding process that goes through, so everything is kept very confidential. The researchers won't be contacting individuals. They'll just be looking at the database. Why are data collection efforts like All of Us so important? Both Karen and Jenna say it's truly the roots of research. In order to know how to treat something, you first need to know exactly what have been some of the causes of it. And so by gathering data, that allows for you to see is it something genetic or is it something related to your environment? Is it something related to your lifestyle? What's really causing some of the things that individual is having some challenges with as it relates to their health? data collection is so important to the research enterprise, it solves some of the barriers to advancing research. Most times you have to collect your own data. You have to recruit your own participants. The All of Us Researcher Workbench offers a fast track to accessibility. It's there, ready and available for you, which cuts down on a huge amount of time from traditional clinical trials. In Wisconsin, where can someone go to enroll or find out more about All of Us. We do have a specific site for the state of Wisconsin, and that website is joinallofus.org backslash Wisconsin. We do have partners that are helping us make sure everyone in Wisconsin gets to enroll. There's a total of four of us throughout the state of Wisconsin that are partnering with this effort. Marshfield Clinic, the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health, Gunderson Health Systems, and of course, Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin. So maybe you're thinking, I'm only one person. Can I really make a difference? Everybody is unique in some way. So yes, you can make a difference.
by joining this program, it's going to allow for you to be a part of this database. And it takes one plus one plus one and on and on to get to that million. So yes, you are important. But some of us are a little older, so if this will allow my children or my children's children to benefit, then it's worth the effort. One person can really make a difference. Without individuals, we would not get to that million. Your unique story, your health journey is different than anyone else's. So you don't want to be left out. You want to make sure that you have treatments down the road that will work for you and your family or future generations that are related to you because we ask for such a wide variety of data that's not captured anywhere else than your involvement. See, it really does take all of us. Being involved in this program will allow for researchers to be able to respond better to your health care needs. And so whether you're healthy or whether you're ill, we still want people to be involved in this program because it's going to allow researchers to learn more about better medical services and care for everyone. This is something different. This is something unique. Even if it just helps one person out of this, I believe it's much more than that, but to know that we are able to help even just one person makes all this work worth it. That's going to wrap up another edition of CTSI Discovery Radio. As always, thanks to each of our guests for appearing on today's show. Dr. Ashima Singh, Karen Dotson, and Jenna Coney. I hope you've discovered something by listening to today's show. And I'm doubly hopeful that you'll join us again next time. CTSI Discovery Radio airs the third Friday of every month. Make an appointment on your calendar and join us for each episode. On behalf of the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin and all of our affiliate partners and members, I'm Brian Belmer, wishing you happier, healthier days ahead. For more information about research or to listen to the podcast of this or any of our shows on demand, please visit our website at ctsi.mcw.edu. CTSI Discovery Radio is written, produced, and hosted by Brian Belmer in collaboration with WMSE Radio. The CTSI and this program are under the direction of Dr. Reza Shakir.